Welcome back, everyone, to another bonus episode of Captain's Log. Uh, this is our Lost Log series. We are back to finish off the My Romantic Cabin Getaway uh, Creepypasta series. You might have thought, well, Jose, you said last time that it was a main, it was, you had split the main story into two parts. Isn't that it? <laughs> no, because Mr. Felix Blackwell, the author of the story, uh, wrote a prologue, uh, well, not even really a prologue, like a, like a, it's just a third part to it, or, or a second part to the story, it's just much shorter, it's, um, it's a sequel, it's a sequel, it's a sequel, yeah, um, so we're gonna be reading this sequel, and then that'll be it, and we'll have a different, uh, topic for the next Lost Log, if you haven't listened to the, uh, previous two parts of this story, Go ahead and check those out. Also, our first Lost Log was a, um, uh, what was it, a uh, Vincent Price uh, radio drama that Mason and I oh, and our yes. friend uh, Mr. Maxwell Benyon uh, read, which was very fun, yes. so go check that one out. Anyway, here is this one. Let's just uh, get into it. Any thoughts, anything you'd like to say before we begin, Mason? We, you, we're back. We're back, baby. We're on back. On video. On video. Finally. Yes. That's that's on me. Um, it I kept procrastinating getting a webcam but finally we did it so you can so, you can find us now so you can yeah yeah fuck you wait who are we saying this <laughs> i don't think we can't both hate the audience oh right 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 no mason don't say that <laughs> fucking pricks all right let's move <laughs> on all right so i'll we'll just we'll be switching off like we did last time uh mason will read a, a paragraph or a section basically and then i will um, as, uh, read the other one kind of thing. So I'll go ahead and start off, Mason. Okay. You remember all the characters, uh, within the story? You remember what had happened? Uh, I remember, Spooky I guess, voices, just for the audience, cabin. the, is, uh, they were, they were being followed by a, a ghoul. Some sort of ghoul, yes. That could, like, transform. They called it and the empty ones. Was that right? The hollow ones. The hollow ones, yes. It had a, it had a very intricate Native American name. Um, mm. Which I don't don't remember, unfortunately. And it could mimic it could mimic people's voices mm -hmm. perfectly. Right. And it tried it would get it get in your brain mm -hmm. and it would try to kill you. Right. And also, and the characters are are me. Yes. And, Jose, and my fiance Jose. Fiance slash. When I'm reading and when Jose's host. reading, it's Jose right. and his fiance me Mason, which is a bit that. In hindsight, is confusing. Oh yeah, but we've done two whole parts of it so now. Now we have and we're to keep not it up. stopping. So yeah, just know that the the story is written from the perspective of Felix. Um, and so whenever we read it, we step in for Felix's part, basically. So anyway, all right, we're overcomplicating. Let's just get into it. Last month, my fiance Mason, my fiance slash co-host Mason, <laughs> and I went to his parents' cabin up in Pikes Peak, Colorado and had a set of extremely weird and terrifying experiences. We I'm sorry, this is taking place a month later? I guess, yeah, wow. He didn't it even... It seems like that was like a year's right? worth of yeah. <laughs> stuff we spanned, I he's thought. Like, he's just like, uh, this all took place over the course of one weekend. And we're like, like what? He traveled you back, back and, and forth, forth to Colorado, Colorado like three times. <laughs> no, that was... Yeah, I guess it's only been a month since it, Oakley, it happened. Um, uh, so... Last month, my fiancé slash co-host Mason and I went to his uh, parents' cabin up in Pikes Peak, Colorado, and had a set of extremely weird and terrifying experiences. 
we found an old dream catcher on a tree in the woods out back, and at night we heard a series of unsettling voices calling out from the forest. At first we thought someone was messing with us, but then the voices began to take on recognizable traits. We heard Mason's grandfather calling out for help, he's been dead since 2012, and my mother laughing, she lives 700 miles away. Faye got sick and began talking in her sleep, and at one point, the voice of a woman outside began to repeat some, uh, some of the things Faye was mumbling, as though they were communicating. I documented the entire experience here on No Sleep and received overwhelming support from fellow Redditors. Thousands of people have gotten involved with helping us out. Everything has been going really great up until a few days ago. I'm sorry. I haven't posted about this matter in a while, but Jose and I have been trying to forget. Especially with his weird sleep disorder, the best course of action for us was to try and bury what had happened and move on with our lives. The more upset and stressed out she became, he became, uh, the more he sleepwalks and the more he sleep talks. And that is when scary things happen. For those of you who haven't read the prior stories, my fiancé slash co-host has suffered from extensive sleep disturbances since he was five. He has night terrors and is an accomplished sleepwalker. At the request of other Redditors, I interviewed him so you can hear all about our weird experiences. <laughs> okay. Long story short, some of us... Uh, oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if I can fucking read today. <laughs> or ever, it fucking seems... Long, long story short, some of the uh, some sort of entity became fixed, uh, fixated upon him while we were at the cabin in Colorado and made several attempts to coax him into the woods. When those attempts failed, it came after me. It followed me. It followed both of us home to California, and Iowa and Utah respectively, and right. tried to get into our house at night by communicating with Jose while he sleepwalked. Uh, we were both exposed to whatever it was to the point it made us ill. A family friend, Nathan, essentially. A family friend, Felix? It, it, it's the son of the guy who was murdered trying to help you. A family friend. Okay. It whatever. was just a Native American. I mean, you guys were... I bet he wouldn't call you friends. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Nathan's like, uh, Nathan oh, yeah, essentially that forced us. got my dad killed. Yes. It's those white people who couldn't well leave enough alone. <laughs> yeah. Nathan essentially forced us to puke our guts out in a spiritual purging process... Although I wish he told us first because we destroyed the living room carpet. We thought it was over when Jose went back to normal and returned to his playful, funny self. He got his strength back, not just physically, but his strength of personality returned as well. He's been feisty and won't put up with any of my shit, which is a great sign that he is feeling better. And he's been wearing his engagement ring, which hasn't left his finger since we got back. But two nights ago, weird things started to happen. I absolutely dread writing this because I know that by paying attention to it, I risked exacerbating the situation. But the part of the carpet where we lost our lunch is permanently stained and rather dark because I couldn't afford to get a decent carpet cleaner out on time. When we were watching slash crying through the new Game of Thrones on Sunday, ugh, <laughs> Faye pointed out to, I mean, relax, what is he, sponsored by him? Yeah. <laughs> um... Faye, or Jose pointed out that um, the stain looked like it was in the shape of the man, about three feet long, and basically looks like some kind of two-dimensional troll. 
We made some Rorschach jokes about it and then went to bed. Because, you know, like, huh, remember when we almost got murdered? Right, yeah. Wasn't that hilarious? Yes. I rolled over in the middle of the night to put my hand on Jose's back, and the second I touched that empty space on the bed, a thousand horrible thoughts rushed through my mind. Jose hadn't slept walk since things had settled down, and I feared this was an omen that our visitor had returned. Right away. I found... Yeah. Well, yeah. I found him downstairs. He was sitting cross-legged in the dark, uh, in the dark, spine straight, right in front of the TV. The TV was off, his eyes were closed, but he was running his fingers across the stain on the carpet, whispering to it and giggling. I raced over and <laughs> threw the light on, foregoing my rule of never waking him up abruptly and from about sleepwalking. I just didn't want this to ha- be happening again, and I couldn't accept it. Just before I shook him awake, he said, How could I forget? He had no idea where he was when he came to. He seemed unusually upset that I had woken him up, as if he were in the middle of some very good dream, but then appeared frightened when I told him what was happening. I asked him if he remembered anything, but he said no. I can't tell if he fucking lied to me or not. On the way back up the stairs... He inexplicably vomited all over the wall. It was the same dark brown black color that Nathan... As Nathan, when, what? Oh, as when Nathan got the made them throw up the first time. Okay. Yeah. At this point, I was completely freaking out. I tried to keep my cool, helped Jose into bed, got him some water, made sure he was all right. He was absolutely fine and couldn't explain why he puked. Then I shut off the light, closed the bathroom door, bedroom door, and spent about half an hour trying to clean up the goddamn wall. I mentioned in my previous post that I'm in a metaphobe. A metaphobe. So cleaning vomit is basically the worst form of punishment I can imagine. But what about being possessed? (laughs) (laughs) Would be a little worse than having to clean up. I'd clean up like six pools of vomit before I would. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No matter how hard I scrubbed, the stain would not come out. It spattered roughly in the shape of a man because of the fact that Jose was standing halfway up the stairs and barfed down the wall. This time the stain was much longer than the one on the carpet. It was like five feet tall. Okay. So a short king, you know? It's a short king. Short kings. Yeah. Um, we, we we stand short kings. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Are yeah. speaking like a kid? Yeah, I think the TikTokers will appreciate that, yeah. I... It's... Uh, 420. <laughs> there we go. Oh, we got them. They're back on board now. When I finally got in bed, Fa- uh, Mason, Fa Mason was still awake and was kind enough to give me a really nice shoulder rub as I laid there in a heap, like co-hosts do. I was nauseated and terrified. He tried to reassure me, but we both knew what was happening. Whatever it is that's fascinated with him is back, or it never Jose, left. Jose, how many times do I have to tell you I'm not fucking the monster? I think you're fucking the monster, Mason. I'm not fucking the monster. I, you keep acting, acting like I'm fucking the monster. I'm not fucking the monster. What does his cock look like? I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know where the curve is and how nice it is because I haven't seen it. So... <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, I, and then you I always do this. Spit. I didn't fuck the monster. <laughs> you always do this, Jose. You're fucking the monster. I want a divorce. I'm, I want a podcasting divorce. Fine, but I want the podcast on weekends. 
Wow, some juicy drama here. Uh, I don't know how long we sat there talking, but eventually I passed out. Mason lying in my arms. He's had a few more things in his sleep, but I could never quite catch them. I was just too tired. <laughs> nice dick. What was that? Uh-huh. I'm asleep. Nice, nice guy. <laughs> He's fucking a monster, isn't he? The next day, I tried to reach out to Nathan, but he wasn't answering his phone. I had to work, so I didn't see Mason all day. I got home before he did, so I spent several hours jumping at every sound outside while grading my students' final papers. Oh, that's right. He's a fucking teacher. I forgot. Because mm, he yes. doesn't act like one, right? Right, yes. When he did well, get teachers home... teachers are people too, Jose. No, they're not. They, when, when, the, when the class is over, they turn off the lights and then they go like, like a robot into a little cubby and then they just shut down for the night. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I work with teachers, so I would know. <laughs> Wouldn't that mean you do that? No, I'm a teaching assistant. It's different. I guide. <laughs> this is stupid. Anyway, um, when he did get home, he said he'd felt sick all day and just wanted to go to sleep. So we went upstairs and showered and then got into bed. Around 10.30 p.m., I shut off my laptop and headed upstairs. Faye was sitting on the bed. Mason who? was sitting on the bed. Who's I don't know who bitch? the fuck Faye is. <laughs> uh, feet on the ground, staring out of the open window into the woods across the street. Ass cheeks spread out against the window. Mason, stop! There are children in this neighborhood! Oh, you're sleepwalking again. No, I'm just doing this. <laughs> I gently laid him down, rubbed his back until he snored. That's the only way to guarantee he won't get up for a long time. And inspected the whole house. I don't know if I'm just freaking myself out or if I'm tired, but the vomit stains seemed bigger now than they were before. I'm calling a guy tomorrow to come do a professional cleaning, but I'm pissed because I know I'm going to get stuck with a $200 bill for the job. He Fuck is so off. nonchalantly concerned about some things... Mm -hmm. it, like it's like if someone if Cheyenne were possessed, uh -huh. I'd be like, let's go move in with your parents for a little right. bit. Yeah, because uh, it's the uh, he's he's he's, uh, he's so mad. He's about upset it. about fucking having to hire someone to clean the fucking demonic vomit it's <laughs> that like, is that on his wall. Like he's not upset about the demonic vomit as much as he is about having to pay two hundred dollars to clean it. He would be just upset if it were juice. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Kinda, right, you know yeah, what, exactly. I yes. mean, he's given the same amount of, yeah. He's mad at the stain, not at the fact that the stain is a, a clearly a demon. Right, yeah. Um, I checked the backyard and didn't see anything, then made sure the front door was locked and all the windows were sealed tight. The last window I checked was the one in the guest room, the one on which Faye had drawn the number five. Mason, who the fuck is Faye? Had <laughs> drawn the number five backwards in while sleepwalking. I stood there for a long time. It was late and dark, and all the memories of last month's events just kept cycling through my mind over and over. I felt dizzy and sleepy, almost hypnotized. It was a strange Dude, that's, feeling. That's two of the dwarves. Sleepy, sleepy and dizzy. That's pretty good. Um, that's two of the... Yeah. An ineffable Creep, mixture... Creepy. An ineffable mixture of strange relaxation and terror. I cannot explain to you why I did this, but without even thinking about it, I reached down my hand and lazily drew a backwards five on the window. And in that tiny little moment, I saw something move behind the trees across the street. Faye abrupt Mason abruptly burst into sleep laughter from down the hall. As I walked back to the bedroom in the dark, I could hear him giggling the entire way. 
Nothing else to report for now. It's 10.31pm on a Tuesday as I write this. I'm going to go to sleep. We'll update if there are any new developments. I pray there aren't. I know, it's only five inches. <laughs> Mason? Uh, oh, Who are you talking uh, to? What are you talking I'm about? I'm asleep. I can't, I can't hear you. I'm asleep. A lot of Redditors have mentioned that since I retrieved <laughs> Jose's ring from the creepy dreamcatcher, it's possible it's been cursed. After all, the ring was given back to me from the monster. Right. It could be what is causing all the new disturbances around my house. So, Jose and I have decided to take a long trek back to Morador, I mean Pike's Peak, from whence the evil ring came, and destroy it by throwing it into the mine at oh, the top Oh, he made the same joke the mountain. that you made. Oh, we've gathered a fellowship. Oh, he did make the same joke. Oh, but he also did say, just kidding. Right. But seriously, a lot of people have speculated that the ring is now the problem. And I am taking this into consideration. But Jose is not willing to part with the right with it right now. Seeing as seeing as how he just got it back, but also seeing as how like the monster gave it back and he's possessed. I just feel like he this guy just is like take the, the fucking ring away. This man. guy is Alexander Skarsgard in Kong and Skull Island. Yes, where he's just right. like Huh? You are? It's the man shaped Stain keeps getting closer to the bedroom, and you keep laughing like you're best friends with it, and you don't want to get the ring away, and he just gave it back to you. I just don't. This guy's really Bobby Brown's gonna have to figure this one out. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, um. Jose's not willing to part with it right now, as seeing as he just got it back. But the entity seeking Jose did curse the ring. And got it back. Got me to break the Dreamcatcher to receive it. It is a more clever. It could be a more clever uh, ruse than I have anticipated. More on this if I decide to make a move. <laughs> okay. okay. We had a professional carpet cleaning service. Ah, oh, should start that again. We had a professional carpet cleaning service come out yesterday and try to tackle the puke stain situation. The guy told me over and over again, "That's enough to vomit. I can get vomit out." It took him a long time, but he finally managed to get most of the stain off the carpet. But also, what is this guy, a specialty in vomit removal? Yeah, right. I, yeah. No one said, okay, fine, it's not vomit. Fuck you, mind your business and right. clean the stains, stain cleaner. <laughs> you fuckwit. Uh, it, took, uh, it took him a long time, but he finally managed to get most of the stain off the carpet in the living room and recommended we get checked out at a hospital. I told him to mind his fucking business, dickbag. Yeah, what? No, I'm just kidding. I told him we already had. Some parts of the carpet are still spotted and ruined, and he gave me a discount. The wall in the stairway is another story. The guy took one look at it and said we needed to paint it. But I insisted the stain had to be removed before doing so. He told me to strip and sand the wall, or he could come back and do it on his day off for me for a small fee. I told him I'd take care of it, and he made an exorcism joke and left. I was not amused. But that guy, you know, the, the the cleaner was like, buddy, you shit your pants? <laughs> what is this huh? shit? You shit on the fucking wall? I've cleaned vomit out of every kind of carpet there is. This is shit. It's Mark Wahlberg. It's Mark you Wahlberg. You shit your pants. Yeah. It's Mark Wahlberg running this carpet cleaning service. You gotta do, I just, I, I gotta hold, I gotta. Yeah, I just, I got, you got shit all over the carpet. You just got the shit on the carpet. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, I know. Look, I'm, look, I'm super relatable. I know I'm funny because it's shit on the carpet. I get it. It's funny. It's funny to get shit on your carpet, but 
Buddy, you can't do it. That's you pretty good. I can't clean this shit off this carpet. I can't. And that wall, pff, that fucking wall, you're going to have to sand it. You're going to have to sand it. You're going to have to paint it. And this is just a nightmare. You can't get that shit off the wall. You can't. I'll tell you what. I got to go back to the store, beat a Vietnamese man half to oh, death. fuck. Everyone's going to forget about that and act like I'm America's sweetheart. <laughs> I'm the kid admitted a hate crime. I never even apologized. Anyway, catch Mark Wahlberg's new movie, Carpet Cleaners, <laughs> this summer. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Anyway. Carpet Cleaners and Misdemeanors. Right. It's, well, I'm sorry. It was a felony, what he did. Yeah. Mason came home very excited yesterday. He got a promotion at his job. Did you fucking hear about Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> Mason, Mason, that's old news. We're moving on. We celebrated by going out to dinner at our favorite steakhouse. He ordered his normal meal, thank God, and had a few drinks. I don't drink at all. So I was the DD for the evening. When we got home, we pretty much went right to bed. I'm sick of you thinking you're fucking better than me, I'm saying. God, Mason, see, this is why we're in public. Stop. Fuck you. Fuck you. <sighs> you're just so fucking much better than me with your fucking you don't drink. Oh my God, did you hear about Mark Wahlberg? Oh, <laughs> don't even give me fucking stuff. <laughs> when we both got when we got home, we pretty much went right to bed. And on the way upstairs, he drunkly said, "Fuck that guy," and pointed a lazy hand at the stain on the wall. That night, I had a very strange dream. I dreamed I was trying to scrub the stain off the wall, just like I had a few days ago. But this time, I was scrubbing in the dark. Moonlight was just barely seeping through the window and illuminating the outline of a man. Scrubbing uh, in the moonlight. The outline of the stain, sorry. Oh, that's a good song, Scrubbing in the Moonlight. That's my favorite song. <laughs> Which looked more like a man than ever before and loomed over me as I crouched there on the stairs. But then something what weird that? happened. What, what is that? Is that a dick? <laughs> stain Jesus a dick fucking now? Christ. Look at the cock on the stain. <laughs> the, the stain's dick is in my mouth. That was a joke there. Um, uh, but then something weird happened. The wall underneath the stain turned mushy, like oatmeal, and gave way to my hand. Ugh. This is like the thing when they go to, but not as scary, but like, you know the thing when they go to like, hit it with the defibrillator or whatever, and it just, oh, like, it hands go through. Yeah. yeah. I think this one sounds more like it went like, like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when, like jello. Right, yeah. Like my arm went right through the drywall. Yeah. <laughs> When I pulled it out, there was a faint light coming through the hole. I pushed more and more of the squishy wall away. It crumbled and plopped into the floor on the other side. At last, I cleared a hole big enough to squeeze through. It led into a fam- What? Oh, this is a dream. Right. I thought this Stop was happening. To fuck the wall. He's like... I can fit in that. <laughs> Alright, okay. Nobody's around. Let's see what this feels like. Uh, it led into a familiar place. I realized I was where I was the second I stepped in. It was freezing cold, even in the dream. I was in the cellar of the cabin, where I'd found all those jars and that hair, where, where I'd found the pieces needed to make more dream catchers. I felt instantly afraid and turned around to go back to my house, but the wall was sealed shut. The only way out of the cellar was through the open panels at the top of the wooden staircase, leading to the outside. Snow was falling down onto the stairs. I remember seeing something on the ground behind one of the shelves. I picked it up and instantly recognized its importance. It made me feel like I understood everything better. But before I could see what it was, I was woken up by Mason. We were still in bed. He was sitting up against the pillows, running his fingers across my neck and back. 
He was looking down at me, smiling, but his hair was dangling in such a way that it obscured his face a little, and the moon lit him up from the win- uh, lit him up from the window behind him, so he looked different. I recognized my fiance's hair and body, but his face looked old and weathered, like an old man's. At that point, I noticed his hand felt different too. It was rough and heavy, like a guy's. It took me a second to realize that he was probably asleep, so I sat still and just watched him. Fucking don't freak out. I'm wearing my old man makeup. That's why I look like this. (sighs) Oh, thank God. Okay. (laughs) After a few moments of this, he abruptly got out of bed and walked to the door, mumbling to himself about... The goddamn sound again. I followed him quietly, wondering what he'd do. He walked through the hall, never searching for the light switch, and stood at the top of the stairs. He started whisper-arguing with something down there in the dark, like when a couple is bickering in public, but they're trying to hide it. He said, He doesn't, he, he doesn't know. He has no clue. Mason, what? You need, you, I'm going away, I'm asleep. You need to, this whole thing is his just wife cheating on him with another dude. It's not even a demon, right, it's yeah. just a guy. Yeah. But he's like, no, it has to be a demon, there's no way. I think it's a demon. He's a fucking idiot. He thinks you're a demon still. He has no clue. Uh, you need to leave. You need to get the fuck out of here and never come back. I don't know any of them. I don't know anybody. Is that you? Who's with you? Who's making all that noise? You just gonna stand there? You gonna stand there and call my name all night? Why don't you come up here then, huh? Big guy, huh? Why don't you come up here? You think I don't know what you're doing? Yeah, I know what you're doing. The last thing she said was, We don't know! (laughs) Leave us alone! He shouted it so loud it took me off guard and momentarily paralyzed me with fear. I rushed over and grabbed him before he could fall down the stairs. He told me to get off of him, and that he didn't need help. Get the fuck off of me. I don't need your fucking help. (laughs) Did you hear about Mark Wahlberg? (laughs) Funny. Fuck, don't even get me fucking started. (laughs) Then brushed past me toward the bedroom. Along the way, she, he vomited. I got to spend another hour trying to clean that up while he slept soundly. And <laughs> guess what? Like a quick walk, and they just been like, bleh. <laughs> it wasn't until writing this that I realized the stain has been making its way closer and closer to the bedroom. Yeah, Felix. Fucking idiot. What are you Obviously, dummy. <laughs> you goddamn moron. This morning before work, I talked to Jose about what had happened last night. He had no recollection of any of it, including barfing up our expensive dinner. <laughs> Which, if, shut up, dick. <laughs> okay, your fiance's possessed. Leave the dinner, like, really? <laughs> Threw up your steak? Okay, well... <laughs> well, fuck off, alright, man? <laughs> well, we also have a demon in me, so... So... But he did say that he had several... He heard several voices outside the house early this morning. He said that there was a child calling out, Where is she? Where is she? And a man grumbling angrily. But she couldn't see or make out his words. He also said I was talking in my sleep this morning, which is something I almost never do. Jose agreed to seeing the doctor again because of the vomiting. He also mentioned to me after reading the Reddit comments that hypnotism might be a good thing to try. So we are looking for one in our town. More on that if anything develops. Also, his older sister, Becca, is coming to town for a few days to visit us and see how things are going. Becca lives in Arizona with her family and infant son, so I've only ever actually met her on a handful of occasions. 
It'll be nice having some extra people in the house for once. In other news, Nathan, Nathan is still not returning my calls. So I might try the ranger tonight. Nathan's just I, like, oh, it's this fucking white man again. <laughs> Won't fucking just, leave me alone. It's just text messages just... like, Nathan, you up? Like with a bunch of emojis yeah. and shit. He's like, oh, my God. Hold on, hold on. I can take care of this. Just let him kill you. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I just saw this. I was with my family all day. Oh, you're not going to believe this. I fell asleep. You know how girls, the fucking excuses girls text you when you're like, "Ah, I didn't hear from you. And they're like, oh, my God, I was so tired after work. I went straight to sleep. You're like, but I saw your story and you were out partying. Oh, that was my family. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, listen, you're a great guy and all. <laughs> I just don't think this is working. Now let me return to my job as CEO of an upstart tech company. <laughs> I just felt like we needed to break out right, of the right, stereotype. Right, out of the stereotype. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah. Before that got dicey. Right, yeah. <laughs> is that bad trying? that we do that voice? Is that bad? It'll, uh, ah, whatever, it'll come back and hey. haunt us later, right? We don't mean any offense by it. I think, I mean, yeah, maybe in 50 years. I might try to text the ranger tonight. I also want to let you know that it's finals week, both uh, for me as a graduate student and for the other graduate student, undergraduate students that I teach. I, okay, so... I thought he was if, a teacher. He's a graduate student. He's te- he's the, and he teaches undergraduate students. But he's not an undergrad. He's a grad. He's like a tutor? I think he's literally what your job is only on a college scale. Right, I think so. He's literally just just a teaching assistant. assistant. Where he's like, he graduated, he did the the four years. Mm -hmm. And so now he's qualified to like Yeah, I think he's just a student teacher, yeah. But like at a college, well, it's different though. Because it's like, you're like, you're good enough to teach the classes, but. Right. You're so good at this that you can do the shittier part of my job. Right, yeah. Yeah, so exactly what you do. Right, as, exactly. As, yeah. a, as a teacher's bitch, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's my official title, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I might be able to update every other day like I usually do. If I'm missing a day or two extra, don't be alarmed. I'm keeping a close eye on Jose. I have one last thing to report. Today at lunch, I put my head down in my office and drifted off for a few minutes. This is unusual for me because I am an, a chronic insomniac and do not take naps. Never. But I had another dream. Tai Tiway. Tiway, that's right. Tiway came for me. Came to me. For those came of you who don't me. know. Tiway came <laughs> T- on me. Tiway was the Native American man who lived on uh, Pike's Peak and is the father of Nathan. Uh, and Tiway blessed our cabin and helped Jose and I in our struggle for the last month. He died in the woods under mysterious circumstances during my last night at the cabin. Anyway, in the dream, I was looking out at our bedroom window, and T-Way was standing at the tree line across the street. It was really him, not the creature that did a horrifying impersonation of him. It was him. He was pointing into the forest. I think I'm supposed to go in there, but I don't know whether I can trust my own dreams anymore. That is where the imposter hides. When huh. imposter is sus. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Uh-uh. Uh, I don't like that. I don't. You've seen I that, right? Like that. 
Yes. When the I imposter just, is us. Da-da-da. Read that little bit that he wrote there. <clears throat> Every day we strive further from God. <laughs> I literally just got to work 30 minutes ago, and I got a call from Jose's boss. I'm on their emergency contact list. They sent him home for behaving erotically. Sorry, erratically. And I'm on my way home now. I got a call that my wife was having concerning behavior, and I immediately got on here and wrote a, a little paragraph about right, it. Right, yeah. He's now logging in slowly. He's like, wow, fuck, yeah. my password. And he's just, like, checking his notifications on Reddit. He's like, oh, all right, cool. Oh, fuck, right, I gotta, I gotta get con. My wife's in trouble. Shit. Sorry for the long wait, no sleep. I really do appreciate your concern. I can't even describe how busy I am right now. Faye's older sister, Becca, and her baby son, Caleb, are here, staying in the guest room. It's finals uh, next week for my students, so I'm hosting tons of meetings with them. And I've only got one of three major projects done for my doctoral advisor. And I'm grading Dear a huge Professor stack of Felix, essay. <laughs> can we meet and talk about the final paper? I have some questions. Absolutely, Caleb. I just have to deal with my fiance's progressing demonic possession. <laughs> demonic possession. I couldn't think of a better way to word that. We'll fit you in at five fifteen. <laughs> have you ever puked up black goo? Question mark. Sent from iPhone. Because <laughs> you know how all your professors right, yeah, always it's, send. It's always, they still have the fucking um, the signature thing left on or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, and something... I'm grading a huge stack of essays. Oh, and something is trying to steal my fiancé's skin or mind control her into killing him into killing me or something. So, yeah, it's been pretty busy around here. How about you? <laughs> I want to be absolutely transparent about something because a lot of people have been asking me. Yes, this series is now being turned into a book. At the behest of a humongous amount of no sleep and story pick readers, we successfully crowdfunded it this week. I did not mention any of this in my post because Reddit has strict rules against advertisement, and I have grown very fond of the community here on No Sleep. I really never want to get into trouble. Here's the thing, right? I understand that this is Felix Blackwell, the author, writing this bit in. But it's yes. funny because it's 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 still the character, Felix writing yes. this in which i just yes. you could have kept that out because it feels like in the midst of everything that's happening he's like guys it's crazy it's so scary by the way we're actually turning this into a book uh it's going great we crowdfunded it uh we're gonna be it's, hopefully making a lot of money from this thank you guys so much my fiance's trying to kill me but at the same time we're getting this book off the ground it's very exciting like <laughs> it's weird it's crazy it would be how an, i think this is what would happen if an influencer was in a horror movie is they would turn that experience into like it is crazy that, that they won't he like they won't just tr like I don't like just drop the character right to be like hey guys this is awesome thank you right. you know I right. mean it's fine I guess I get it yeah but uh, by the way like if anybody is wondering the book is called um what is it called Lost Tongues or something like that I think is what it's called <laughs> I think it's called Cucked by a Monster yes sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's stolen tongues is what it's called. Um, anyway, I thought the Hollywood was a yeah, good Yeah, look title, it up and give it. Take a look at it. Take a look support, at it. Tell us what you support think. Support this guy. He put yeah. a lot of work into this. Yeah, definitely more than I am willing to do. So uh, yeah. 
Secondly, I feel that my experience at the cabin and the subsequent events are becoming overlong, and my biggest fear is that people here are going to get sick of hearing from me. So I'm going to try to post less and say more. Okay. Okay. That's saying the same amount, though, if you just, like... Right, Instead I of splitting, yeah. I took two pages, and I made two posts. Now, though, I made I'm posting two one pages long and one post. Post. Right. You're welcome. No, it's the same amount. I you. said you're welcome. <laughs> anyway... No, that's exactly what it did, because this one yeah. is longer, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, it's okay, so it's Friday morning, and my ass hadn't even warmed a seat in my office before I get a call from Jose's boss, notifying me that once again, Jose is acting erratic. Hey, uh, Mason, listen, um, so, Jose's been mm. acting a little weird, um... Huh. Um, oh, he's been acting. We like, what's he like doing? Is he does he is he doing that thing like that? Is he doing the bit, the Family Guy bit again? Because I I tell him constantly not to talk about that. Oh, you mean that hilarious bit that he does about the the soda biscuits from Family Guy? Yeah, no, let's that's move not on. it. We don't have to talk about um, it. He pulled his pants down in the middle of a meeting and took a mm. shit on the uh, conference room table. Look, oh. I don't want to get the authorities involved, so I'm just gonna have you come and 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 pick him up. Erratic, in fact, to the point that they sent her that they sent him home from work. He apparently stood in the open doorway of one of the storehouses, staring into the darkness within, not moving for several minutes. Okay, that's just like things that I did. At, like yeah. I've done that at the movie theater, right? Especially I would at out. night when everybody I left. Like... I was. It wasn't even zoning out. I was just like, if I had a gun, it would have been at my temple. But instead, I was just like, like just staring into the dark theater, just like, oh, fuck. oh man, we gotta. Just for someone to be like, excuse me, excuse me, sir. And like, oh my God, what? And they're like, can we go into the movie now? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Go ahead, yeah. Did you get popcorn? All right. <laughs> cool. Oh. Um, not moving for several minutes. A co-worker t- tried twice to get him to snap out of it, but he did not. A few minutes later, the boss came over and found Jose inside, standing in the shadows, looking out. It was pitch black inside the storehouse, so when the boss flipped on the lights, he found Jose standing there in the corner, just smiling up at him, eyes unfocused. A few seconds later, he came right out of it and went back to work. I just, well, Jose, we've talked about this. You can't keep crying in the storerooms. I, I just, we, I know you can't. You try to use I wasn't the bathroom, please. I just, I just, At least you. I think it's your allergies. <sighs> <sighs> okay, well, I gotta go back to work. <laughs> Kids are gonna teach themselves. They said that my pants look dumb today. <laughs> Fuck those kids, man. <laughs> Fucking kids were like, are you wearing skinny jeans? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, ha ha. And I was like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> what do you mean, ha ha, you little nerds? Fuck These you are guys. awesome. You're wearing cargo shorts. Fuck off. Tan Fran from Queer Eye says those are tacky as shit. <laughs> okay. About an hour later, my fiance allegedly claimed that he could feel eyes on him while he was working and had to go inside the break room and sit down. I, th- I Once again, that's just like, a, I'd be like, I, Mason, you can't be here. You've been on break for half an hour. I just feels like there's eyes on me today, man. You know I me? Mean? <laughs> hey, you know, like Dupac said, all eyes on me, all right? <laughs> I'm going to hang out here for another 45. 
Uh. Um, his co-workers found him fast asleep, just, le- just left him there, thinking he was hungover or sick, and went to lunch. When they came back, Jose was sleepwalking large circles around the perimeter of the room, singing a lullaby. That, this is this- just me when I have edibles. This is yeah. just me, like, on a bad trip. Just, like, fucking walking uh. around, like, London Bridge is falling down. This scared the other employees so much that they got the park manager to actually drive him home. They didn't trust him to drive. And now Jose has to take a drug test because they think he's on drugs. Thankfully, he's completely clean. But yeah, but also I love how they're like, this is terrifying. Which one of you is going to drive him him (laughs) home? Because I'm not going to. Okay, we'll do the straw thing. Everybody everybody fucking, oh, fuck. Just the entire drive like... Um, so, Jose, um, how's Mason? <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, Doing, like, God. the Manson, like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, what the fuck is your problem? I'm just gonna put some music on. I'm just gonna put some music on, okay? You like, um, you like the Arctic Monkeys? What about Tame Impala? <laughs> when I got home, I immediately took, uh, Mason to urgent care, who miraculously got us in. Uh, in a reasonable amount of time. We yes, explained everything. Care. That's exactly what their job is. Right, urgently. To yes. urgently care for you. Yes. Uh, we explained everything. Everything. I thought the doctors would think we were insane, but both of them actually looked scared shitless. After a oh, we're not scan- doctors. We're janitors. We just like to put on these coats. Uh, <laughs> we should get you a doctor, though. You sound fucking crazy. <laughs> After a CAT scan, a blood panel, and several other small tests, they concluded that Mason seemed to be healthy, but needs a full psychiatric evaluation. They gave us a referral. He keeps talking about fucking eating people. So we recommend just, that you fucking send him to talk to I someone. I just, it would solve, it would solve so many of our problems. They're just like, okay, uh, delusions of. Doc, um, I'm just saying that if I were dead, what's the difference between me and a cow? Huh? What's the difference between a What's juicy mason steak and a and a cow, and a cow? Huh? Juicy mason steak. And huh? A cow. You cut off a fucking. Yeah, this is this is one of the most. <laughs> you cut. <laughs> sir, sir, we need to restrain him. You cut security in here. <laughs> you cut a fucking piece of that off. That's good fucking eating. Okay, there's no different from a. This steak. is one of the most advanced cases of psychosis I have ever seen. Oh, now you can't get up. <laughs> You want to come with me? <laughs> After a CAT scan, a blood panel, and several other small tests, they concluded that Mason seems to be healthy. Oh, I read that, right? Yeah. Right, okay. Um, we'll have the blood panel back uh, sooner. When we get home, Mason took a nap. And when we got home, Mason took a nap, and I went out into the woods across the street from our neighborhood where I saw T-Way in the dream. For those of you who aren't caught up, it's pronounced T-Way, and we still don't know how he died. I wandered around the trees trying to figure out if there was something I needed to find. For about ten minutes, I searched and found nothing. But then I remembered the phrase that many of the voices at the cabin kept repeating. Up in the trees or down in the hole. You go up in the trees or all the way down. Down, down. So deep, you never see the light again. It's my favorite Johnny Cash song. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's actually... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. There were so many variants of that phrase, I can't remember them all. But I looked up at the tops of the trees, and voila. There was a little, crudely constructed object made from twigs and twine, dangling from a branch about 30 feet off the ground. It I looked think that's a 311 song. 
What? Up in the trees are way <laughs> down, down. You'll never see the light again, again. Ah, fucking 311. Yeah. They suck. I'm, I shouldn't say that. They don't suck. They're just weird. They're from a weird era in time. Never heard of them. I'm going to be completely You've never heard of 311? No. They're a real slice of early 2000 Americana. Yeah? Yeah, like, 90, like 1998 through 2002. It's like they are like, they're a real slice of that. Wow. Yeah, we'll do a next our next relax fit. We'll do Mason and Jose react to Three Eleven's down <laughs> video. It looked like uh, the Dreamcatcher we found at the cabin, but was obviously made with twigs from the very tree from which it dangled. So it was a different color and shape. I climbed up the tree and tried to retrieve it, but it was so frail it fell apart the second I pulled it toward me. Hey, honey, you know those weird neighbors that keep running around at night? Yeah, they're uh, the ones climbing a tree now. We need to call someone. Uh, who are we going to call, Deborah? The HOA? I don't know. You think I don't they're going to say safe. you think I don't know if it's illegal to climb a tree. I just think I <laughs> Call mean, the I, cops. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, well, he's white, sweetie. So he's probably doing it for a good reason. Ah, oh, you're right. He's not a liberal though, is he? Hmm. Because Oh, well, sweetie, we're not the crazy ones. <laughs> we're just the ones who sit and judge. Right. He can be a liberal. We just won't talk to him. He's not getting invited to our 4th of July barbecue again. Did um, you hear about those pedophile ringing the government? <laughs> no, not Matt Gates, the liberal one. No, not the one with actual substantial evidence. Not that one, no. No, not the ones with proof. The other ones. The ones that we think are in uh, pizza shops pizza that don't shop. have basements. Um, <laughs> yes, I follow Q. I climbed up the tree and tried to retrieve it, but it was so frail it fell apart in the second I pulled it toward me. One thing about it stood out in particular. It had strands of fiery strawberry blonde hair dangling off it, just like Mason's. Uh, I need your opinion on this. As far as I know, Mason cannot climb trees. I mean, look at him. <laughs> then again... <laughs> I'll have you know I have, actually, I have a primate's body. Yeah, I you don't do. know if you've you seen you, you, a hairless no, orangutan, I, yeah, I have. but I look very similar it looks like to you. Yeah. I have the body of an yeah. orangutan, so I don't want to hear that. <laughs> then again, there's apparently a lot I don't know about Mason. For instance, just found out he's part orangutan. Um... It explains the hair color, too. Yeah. My fiancé went out around 7 p.m. and picked her sister, Becca, from the airport. She insisted I stay home and rest. I think he thinks... I think he feels bad about how often he deprives me of my sleep. I reluctantly obliged. They came home around 9 p.m., and with uh, them was Becca's son, Caleb. Kaleeb? Caleb. Khalid. The, the, the full-grown artist, Khalid. Hello, it's me. Khalid. Khalid. I know nothing about babies, but Caleb is pretty cool. He <laughs> cries less than my students and is smarter than half of them. Oh, <laughs> fucking snap. Snap! And Faye absolutely, Jose, Jose absolutely adores him. Becca and I caught up over hot chocolate in the living room while Jose unleashed the full scope of her maternal instincts upon Caleb upstairs. He sang lullabies, laughed and cooed, basically went mommy crazy. That's me, I mommy know crazy. That when Becca leaves, I'm going to have to deal with Jose crying and wishing we already had kids. Podcasting kids. Podcasting children. Right. To do our admin at work and right. tech support. That would be we great. need an army of children for it. Becca is tough as nails. 
just like Jose, and it comes from being raised in a strict military family. But having a strict dad also teaches girls how to, and Jose, to be <laughs> expert liars. And I got the sense that Becca was selling me all sorts of fucking bullshit. When I told her about what we went through at the cabin, Becca is five years older than Jose and has already been married twice. Ugh. Gross. Used goods, am I right? Ugh, that felt, I'm sorry. That was a terror, that wasn't funny. She was 10 years, she has a 10 year old daughter with her first husband. Uh, she claimed that she only went to the cabin at Pike Peaks once and said that the drive up there uh, made her carsick. So whenever her parents went there with Jose as a little girl, he'd sleep over at a friend's house. She'd sleep over at a friend's house. Okay, so I see what he's doing is he have to he has to now explain he realized like ah shit, I need a, a family member. Right. But I'm pretty sure I never mentioned that he has any family, so now I gotta think about like why oh if they have family, why weren't they he right, had, why wasn't right. he in the cabin? Okay. Anyway. So the sisters, that was a whole paragraph just to say the sister always stayed in a friend's house whenever they went mm. to the cabin. That's why we've never heard of them up until now. Mm. She also told me that she had no idea what the number five means to Faye, Jose, and dodged me like a minnow when I pressed. That's not a minnow. That's not a metaphor. Dodged me like a minnow? Hey, I don't know, man. I just work here. You ever said, I'm, do I'm dodging you like a minnow? Nope. Never heard that. I mean, I guess, yeah. Anyway, um, I got I get the overwhelming overwhelming sense that she is deeply troubled by Jose's behavior, and not just because it's creepy. She knows something she's not saying. Jose's entire family seems to be keeping me out of the loop about something, something big. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna get out me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think we're Jose's doing. Jose's family is gonna turn me into. He's gonna put an old Hispanic man in my. <laughs> A reverse get out. <laughs> I'm gonna put my my dad's friend, uh, fucking um, Marcos, in your body. <laughs> like trying to think of I just old think it's funny Hispanic it wouldn't, man names. He, I assume he wouldn't get the accent. He'd be like, "Hola." Right. Yeah. Jose. <laughs> yeah. Como estas? But just like as a full. Yes. Hola, Jose. Como estas? Como estas, there, pal. <laughs> That's how I speak Spanish. I don't know. I'm like, uh, hola there, amigo. Uh, puedo ir a, a baño, <laughs> just, huh, buddy? like doing all the, the Hispanic stuff, but just in a white man body. Yeah, I mean, like, like Patrick yeah. uh, Bert Warburton. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. A very right. tech... <laughs> hola. Hey, uh, can I get dos tacos de carne asada? biblioteca, huh? Yeah. He's got the boots on and like the cowboy hat and like everything, but like the, you know, like the Mexican style. Yeah. <laughs> a very tech savvy redditor offered to help me track down Jennifer, and he delivered. Oh yes, Jennifer is. I think he. Okay, he says it. When I checked my email, nope, he doesn't explain who Jennifer is. So Jennifer was the previous owner of the cabin before Faye's parents uh, had bought it. A uh, Mason, Hope Faye Mason, Hope Faye um, before her parents owned it. And it was a friend of of the family who her husband always got a bad vibe when he went there and then eventually ended up committing suicide or whatever. Yeah. A very tech savvy Redditor. Offered he was also crippling addicted to cocaine. crippling to, addicted to cocaine, to though, cocaine too, though, so, so yeah. it might not have been yeah. the, the cabin. A very tech savvy Redditor offered to help me track down Jennifer and he delivered. 
When I checked my email that the night before bed, uh, that night before bed, he had provided me with an email address and a phone number of Jennifer's husband. She remarried after Tom hanged himself. Tom was so deeply disturbed by his experiences of the cabin that he couldn't take it, even after yeah. moving to Nevada. <laughs> okay, Tom. I'm tapping. I'm tapping my nose. I guess I realize you can't see that. I'm For the audio and listeners, yeah. Yes. Uh, or maybe he just couldn't take Jennifer. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Je- yeah, what the fuck? This Jesus guy killed Christ. himself. God. Listen, Jennifer's a cunt. I would have killed myself if I were her wife, if her husband too. I'll be honest. I... She fucking sucks. <laughs> You're going to eat those words in a second, Mason. I emailed the guy, his name is William, and he got back to me the next day and asked me to call him. I explained the situation to him. He informed me that he and Jennifer had moved to Washington State years ago, but she started abusing prescription medication a year into their marriage. Over the course of a few weeks, (laughs) she reportedly told William she'd heard her daughter, who died in childhood, calling to her from the forest outside their home. <laughs> One night when William got home from work, the back door was open and Jennifer was gone. She left with her shoes and a jacket. Jennifer went missing for almost six months. A group of campers found her remains about 40 miles away. She had been buried in the ground with her legs sticking out. They had been not clean by wolves. So this is just like the punishment that had been done to the, um, ooh, uh, I don't remember which tribe it was, but it was the one tribe that had attacked the uh, miners was punished by another tribe, and they were they were killed the same way. And so the, they think that those became the, the hollow ones or whatever. At least that's what Felix has explained in, in previous stories. Anyway. Yes. You're up. I just think Jennifer had, maybe she got what was coming to her. <laughs> what did that, Jennifer author, do? I, that wasn't me. That was what the author said. I right, didn't, right, I, right. I, yeah. uh, the night I woke up, to, that night I woke up to the sound of a baby crying. Jose was gone. My first thought was it was coming from him because a few weeks ago he had accurately mimicked the sound of a child's cries. Oh, oh, we gotta stop the podcast. There's a baby in here. Where's that? Where's that baby? <laughs> hey, those improv lessons, buddy. They're they're working. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. He had accurately mimicked the sound of a child's cries while walking around the house at night, but this time it was Caleb. Ah, yes, the baby in my house. I walked down the (laughs) hall that led to the guest room and found the door was open. Becca wasn't there, and the crib was empty. I followed the sounds down the stairways, past the barf stain on the wall, I'm gonna strip that shit today, and saw Jose and Becca sitting on the couch. Jose was cradling Caleb in 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 his arms, staring at him, and Becca was babbling on about her husband. She didn't notice that Jose was actually asleep. When Jose looked up at me, only the whites of his eyes showed. They were rolled back in his head and completely <laughs> and com- and she and he was completely out of it. He smiled. I stood Hi. there for a second. Hello. I stood there for a second. I just really disturbed at the scene and didn't say anything. Suddenly, something moved just outside the sliding glass door behind them. The door that leads out to our tiny little garden. It was almost pitch black out there, but the black shape of a man, a huge man, moved from the glass and vanished into the darkness. Hey, it's Someone had me. been Shaquille O'Neal I'm out here. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal? Hey, Shouldn't you be in the All Star game? Yeah, but I want to stop by and say hi. My friend Felix. Hey, well, we just appreciate that, Jack, so much. You're, Ernie, you, Ernie, 
she was possessed by a demon, Ernie. <laughs> she was throwing up black shit everywhere, man. <laughs> That's just a terrible story, Shaq. That's terrible. I'm trying to do a, trying to do a, Charles Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> I was outside their house. I was out there for hours, man. Felix, I'm happy you showed up. I chased away a looked like a wolf kind of creature. I chased him away. I, I you know I'd do anything to save you and your family. So anyway, I gotta go drop sixty on the Pistons. So this is the fucking celebrity cameo in this fucking creepy pasta. <laughs> that was that was all verbatim in the yeah, script. Yeah, that was folks. written. Wow. I stood there for a sec. Oh no, that was not where I was. Um, um, moved away from the glass. Someone had been standing there behind Jose and Becca, watching them play with Caleb. I took out, I, I took off out the front door, hoping to circle around and intercept the man. We live in a housing complex that has a walkway that goes behind all of our houses, and the only thing separating it from each backyard is a tiny little wooden gate that you can literally step over. Especially Shaquille O'Neal could, I mean, he would it would be nothing to him. It's mostly to keep dogs and rodents out. But I ran up and down the path and found nothing at all. There was, however, an oily black substance on the ground about ten yards away from the back patio. This Sorry. shit came. This monster came oh, right outside okay, the yeah. door, yeah. Um, um, but also, how dumb is fucking Becca that she did, was having a whole conversation about something and I, didn't realize that she was... Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Last night, Faye started mumbling more lullabies in her sleep. Mason, who the fuck is Faye, guys? I'm guessing it's probably because uh, he's been thinking about Becca and Caleb's visit. And he loves kids so much. He also said, He's in the stains. He gets up and walks around in the dark. Uh, Is that a song you're writing, Mason? What is that? He's in the stains. That's actually pretty good. I gotta record it. (laughs) Mason. (laughs) Um, I took the advice of a few Redditors and asked him, Mason, what did you forget? He needs he needs me. He needs my tight ass. Hey, Mason, wake up. Who the fuck? Are you cheating on me with I, a monster? I'm asleep. I'm asleep. I can't You're wake up. You're fucking the monster. I can't hear you. I'm asleep. Um, when she said it, a child laughed somewhere outside. <laughs> Tomorrow. I would love. How funny would it be? Because this monster, right? It, uh-huh. it can only talk in the sentences that it's heard people say. Right. For for, for everybody yeah. that knows. How great would it be if someone just did like someone with like a ridiculous voice was the only. You know what I mean? It could right. only do like uh, like Gilbert Godfrey, Truman Capote, and Patrick Warburton right. were, the were the only, only three people he'd do. ever heard. So, so it's he just there had to keep like, you in like Becca or Faye, let me into the house. <laughs> Hey, uh, just let me in. Just let me in. Oh, I don't. I can't do a good Truman Capote. I'm say, not gonna try. Tomorrow, the Shoshone woman who visited us last month is going to come back with her friend who specializes in hypnosis. I will report the results when I can. Again, please forgive me if it takes me a bit longer. This week is a nightmare. Update: I finally got a call from Nathan. More soon. Jesus fucking Christ, white man! <laughs> Stop fucking calling you are blowing up my phone <laughs> fucking stop man i have to i have to pay for the minutes <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. i'm up on the fucking mountain man i don't get great service up there you're in california these are costing me three dollars <laughs> a text 
It's the, it reminds me. It's like the, in the office when Dwight texts his resume to fucking uh, Joe, <laughs> yes. and she's like, "I'm on roaming. These are costing me three ten cents a text. You moron." Anyway, um, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. The last time I updated Jose's older sister Becca came to visit with us. Her infant son Caleb also came. The presence of the child seemed to have awakened. Was that a door opening? Or <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounded like it, right? Waluigi. The presence of the child seemed to have awakened something in Jose because his sleep disturbances have become more erratic and his usual behavior has intensified. <laughs> oh, unusual behavior has intensified. Okay, I was just like. My hey, usual shit. I'm just like drinking water more intently. Like. <laughs> Mm. I just didn't think Kong versus uh, Godzilla was that good. Oh, I was like, calm down. No one's really. Yeah, I just honestly, asked. if my usual behavior intensified, it would be borderline psychotic. Just me <laughs> ranting about Kong, like the world of Kong versus Godzilla. Now it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yes. Alrighty then. Um, right. Uh, unusual behavior became intensified. Uh, they stayed for almost a week, but left abruptly after a few weird experiences with Jose. Ooh. <laughs> Becca seemed to be growing angry, angry with Jose over the course of the few days, although I could never really discern why. One night, when Jose was asleep, Becca and I sat on the couch and I talked, to, uh, I talked more about what had been happening. I asked her why she seemed so hostile towards uh, her sister, uh, which she wouldn't even speak to her that day. Uh. And Becca replied, Do you want to, do you want to be Becca? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Jose really has a problem letting things go. If he's mad at someone, he's mad for weeks. If he's hurt, he's hurt for years. He can't forgive and he can't forget. Alright, so that was the whole point. That's the end of the podcast. This whole podcast has been a long ruse to make Jose say that to himself. <laughs> I'm not his friend, I'm his therapist. This was it was what? a very it was a no, shutter what? island. It was ah. a shutter This was a shutter island esque scenario to make him admit that he has a problem holding a grudge, <laughs> and that he won't let things go. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have not. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. I asked, did you do something to make him mad? Are you two fighting? Becca denied that they were having any sort of conflict and that uh, she was just speaking in general terms, having grown up with Jose. I asked if there was something in the past that made Faye or Jose angry, and Becca s sharply responded... Nobody did anything to Jose. Nothing happened to him. At this point, she stood up and went upstairs, claiming that she needed to go check on Caleb and close the door without saying goodnight. Fucking I bitch. fuck you. <laughs> fuck you too. Uh, Jose is sometimes difficult to handle because he's proud and stubborn. I'm proud and stubborn. He And he's the strongest person I've ever met. I'm the met. strongest person you've ever met. <laughs> But her sister is like an obsidian wall. My sister's like an obsidian wall. <laughs> you can't get any information out of her. You can't read her poker face. Like Lady Gaga said, you can't read her <laughs> p -p 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 poker face. <laughs> poker face. You can't know what she's really thinking, ever. But I know, I fucking know that she knows something. <laughs> and and maybe, I, maybe I can't get it out of her, but I figured I'd be able to get it out of her mom. I'm gonna seduce my fiance's mom. 
Becca and Jose's mom, Laura, agreed to Skype chat with me this week. And this time, I'm going for the throat. I'm going for the back of her throat. <laughs> it's a blowjob joke, guys. That's what that was. I successfully removed all the vomit stains from the house, so Mason isn't talking to them in the dark anymore. But he is still getting worse. I feel like he's slipping away. Seeing Mason holding Caleb on the couch with his eyes rolled back in his head and smiling was one of the most disturbing memories I have of this entire ordeal. There is something about Mason and that child that deeply unsettles me. <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah, okay, um... listen, I don't like the way this is going. Um, but I've been keeping quiet and trying to make sure that Caleb is safe. I have no reason to believe Mason would ever hurt another person except for the one time in college when he punched out a drunk girl at a party for grabbing my ass and saying... I'm hidden. But as far as animals and kids go, Mason is angelic. Until they're dead, and then he's got a whole thing about, you know, anyway. That night. Oh, so you admit that animals and humans are the same once they're dead, though. I did not say that. That's you did. Felix, you said me. once they're dead, it's a whole different thing, implying that it's in the that same. That you fucking try to eat them is what I'm saying. That you're nice to them when they're alive, but then when they're dead, you're like, Yum. I didn't kill them. Did that... I kill them? I never killed anybody, and you've known that you could certainly know that you can prove. And also, I don't, Whoa, like wait, why, I don't understand why every time I Hang talk on. to him, why every time you see a child talk to me, you have to be like, you always have to quantify it with like, I, don't worry, man, Mason's never hurt a child that I know of. I don't like how you keep doing that to me, okay? I've never hurt a child that you... What? No. <laughs> the night that Becca stormed off to bed mid-conversation, Mason did something odd. I woke up to him mumbling in the dark, and when I turned on the light, he was standing at the far end of the room, cradling a pillow in his arms and swaying saying, back and forth. I've held it, held it like this, never hurt, never hurt it. Never did I fucking hurt that child. <laughs> I'm just saying. Half singing a lullaby, the words were unrecognizable, but the melody sounded distantly familiar. I called out to her and asked, to him, and asked, Sweetie, uh, what are you doing? He replied in a low, grumbling voice. I always wanted to be a big sister. His speech was slurred. He sounded drugged. I got up and gently ushered him back to bed and took the pillow away. When I did, he said, Oh, now I want to be a mommy. I rubbed his neck and assured him that I do want to start a family with him someday and that he would be a great mom. He then mumbled, when I'm through with him, he's gonna be nothing but a little corpse, oh yeah. I asked, uh, what do you mean? Uh, but he never replied. He just sta- he just started that rhythmic breathing that lets you know your partner is fast asleep. Oh, that was the macho man breathing that I was doing. <laughs> you know who <laughs> You know who else kills babies? My mom. I can't do a Macho Man voice. What are you doing? That was like mm. Shaggy trying no, that's to right. do Macho Man. That was not Macho Man. That was Muscle Man from regular show. I misunderstood <laughs> what you were referring to. Now I know you mean Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, I uh, missed the mark there on that one. <laughs> you did kind of sound like Muscle Man, though. Uh, <laughs> You know who else likes that? That's good. That's good. I I like that one. The one's in my range. There's a few impressions like Macho Man and Muscle Man are both really my wheelhouse of impressions. Angela visited our house again that evening. For those of you who don't recall, Angela belongs to a Shoshone. Shoshone. 
tribe in California. Thank you, Jose. Mm -hmm. And is the daughter of a very important tribal tribal elder. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm just going to... Um, okay. For those of you who don't recall, Angela belongs to a Shoshone tribe in California and is the daughter of a very important tribal elder. She was the first. She visited first visit. Oh my fucking god! What the fuck? The muscle, the ma- the macho man thing really it fucked me over. She first visited. <laughs> she first visited me and Jose when we got back to California and told us. That a malevolent spirit called the Hollow One was infatuated with my fiance and said that there was a Pretty dark odd. cloud over Jose that could not be easily removed. Ooh. It's called depression. Yeah, yeah. This I've time, tried. this again, once again, this whole story is just an allegory for you to try to realize some things about your own <laughs> mental health, Jose. Yeah. This time, Angela brought her friend, who is a hypnotist. It seems I know you think that you think it's awfully uh, coincidental that my uh, Shoshone tribal uh, friend uh, has a hypnotist friend. They brought their other friend, a magician. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, um, and they inspected the house and yard. We told them about the bar stains and Jose's claim that he's in the stains. He gets up at night and walks around. Then, in private, I told them about baby Caleb's presence and how it exasperated Jose's behavior. I also showed them where I found the new Dreamcatcher. Angela said that this entity has many names. It is known to several different Native American groups. It is older than the Skinwalkers and is the... Progenator? Progenator? Seems... Someone bought a thesaurus for this. <laughs> and is the progenitor of many evil spirits that inhabit different places near the Rocky Mountains and Southwest. Her friend referred to it as a soul trader that snatches up a person's essence and takes it down into the dark, then enters the remaining body to seek out more victims. I don't know where the dark is, but allegedly that's where Jose is headed. Catch me in the dark, guys. Yeah. With too much exposure on this thing, both Jose and I have become tainted by it Taint. this is why we were <laughs> vomiting up dark bile the stains still <clears throat> carried re- remnants of that evil angela spoke with jose for a long time and concluded that uh he was still jose yeah he's but, still an asshole That's but still <laughs> jose how are you how are you feeling today it's just like in the first godzilla yeah, it's okay. very That's grounded jose. uh-huh yeah <laughs> right. That's him. he's still there uh, but on his way, but he's on his way somewhere else. He is making a spiritual journey into a place that she thinks is a good and safe, but in reality, he's being coaxed out of this world. Despite what has happened to us, a lot of this whimsical metaphysical talk is sometimes hard for me to swallow. But the hypnotist session with Jose did a good job of convincing me that there is something here inside my house with us, always watching. I'm always watching Wazowski. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. The hypnotist had Mason lie in our bed, and we brought chairs from the dining room upstairs to sit with him. He put, uh, She put her hand on Mason's forehead and hummed a chant for a while. We can dance if we want to. We can leave this world behind. And if your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, but they're no friends of mine. All right, he's in, he's in a trance. Um... 
then uh, covered Mason's eyes with his palm, with her palm, and asked a few questions. Uh, they were things like, "What is your name?" and "Who is your fiance slash co-host?" and all of Faye's answers were normal. Then the hypnotist hummed some more and lifted her hand. Faye's eye, Mason's eyes were rolled back in her head. <laughs> Sorry, I just that's it's very funny. Uh, which only happens when he's in a sleepwalking state. His mouth was twitching a little. Uh, the hypnotist asked, "Who are you?" and he responded, "I'm Mason." <laughs> the important oh. parts of the conversation went a little bit like this. Mason, can you tell us who is in this house? Mason raised his arm slowly and pointed each person in the room out and said their name. Even though he was not looking at them, he knew where everyone was. Felix, Becca, Angela, you. And then she pointed at the wall and said, Caleb. He was in the other room. The hypnotist asked, is there anyone else? What about the man who has been following you? Oh, right now he's outside. We all glanced out the window to the tree line where I had first seen the figure walking back and forth in the middle of the night, mimicking Faye's sleepwalking. This time there was no one there. Angela asked, What does he say to you? Is he talking to you right now? Mason no, replied, No, I can't hear him. He's facing the other way. <laughs> the hypnotist asked, And what are the dream catchers for? Who makes them? Mason did not respond. He smiled a little bit. I butted in and said, Mason, honey, I found your hair wrapped into a dream catcher outside. Did you do that? He put a finger to his lips and shushed me. Then he put his palm flat against the wall like he was feeling for a pulse. After a few moments, he said, Oh, he's here. Right when he finished his sentence, Caleb burst into tears. Becca and Angela rushed out of the room to go check on him. The hypnotist and I remained with Mason. The hypnotist finally went for broke and said, Mason, sweetie, you wrote the number five on the window in the other room. You wrote it backwards. Why did you do that? Do that. Why did you do that? <laughs> Why'd you do that? What does it mean? Did you write it for someone outside to see? In that moment, Faye's eyes rolled forward and her little green and his Mason's eyes rolled forward and his little green irises finally showed. He immediately looked back toward the door that led into the wall and said, No, no, he's listening now. And then he began hyperventilating and struggled to speak the words. Oh, he'll find out. The last thing he said was, No, wait, Jose. 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 My name in a deep guttural voice. It wasn't his own. Then the hypnotist pressed his hand, her hand against Faye's Mason's eyes and spoke a loud command in her native language. I think it was Shoshone, but I'm not actually sure what group she's affiliated with, and I didn't bother to ask because, you know. Uh, Mason immediately woke up and seemed very confused about where he was, then started crying and reached out for me. I hurried over and held him in my arms. His body was so cold it was like he was a corpse. When he started crying, he said... He wants to kill you. He wants you dead. I saw, I saw you in the trees. Mason, you're fucking freaking me out. Okay, <laughs> fucking stop. Angela, and the hypnotist. I haven't gotten her name. I don't ask a lot of questions. 
hurried around the house, blessing it and burning sage. Then also recommended I call a Catholic priest for Jose's personal comfort, since he is a Catholic. They, <laughs> they Catholic games! They left after a few words of parting, and Becca seemed really angry and scared at this point. A little bit. She reminded. She remained in her room for the rest of the night. I got a call about an hour later from Angela, who told me that she had discussed the situation with the hypnotist, and they believe Jose is in extreme denial about something. Perhaps some sort of trauma. They said that she he had repressed it so well that it was consigned to a place in his subconscious that only years of therapy or hypnosis could unearth. It was in a place of his mind that could not even be accessed by talking to him in his sleep. That is where the number five rests. And that is why the entity hasn't found it yet. Despite communicating with Jose in his sleep, virtually every night he's drilling his brain like miners digging for gold. And the fun didn't end there. We all went to sleep pretty early that night because of all the drama, but as I've learned on so many other occasions, going to sleep usually upset yeah, <laughs> going to sleep upset usually results in a night terror or some other sleep disturbance. For Jose. At about two AM he leaped out of bed, jolting the process. On God <laughs> and bombed down the hall like there was a fire. He started bashing his fists on the door in the, to the guest room and didn't utter a single word. His eyes were shut. I flicked on the light, and I stood there in the hall for a second, stared stiff, but when baby Caleb started crying... <laughs> I snapped out of it and rushed over there. I bear-hugged my fiancé, trying to get him to stop making so much noise, and in return, he tried to bite me. <laughs> Jose has never been violent towards me in his entire Get life. The fuck off me, fucking idiot. Even in his sleep, he's always a very passive sleepwalker. Creepy. Creepy. He's creepy. He's super creepy. But passive. This time, he was trying to rip my goddamn throat out. I'm gonna be fucking throat out like fucking <laughs> Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he was trying to draw blood. I fended him off and sort of apprehended him, uh, and then walked him back to the bedroom. Uh, he was basically wearing me like a straitjacket. When I co when I carefully put him back to bed, he whispered, "You'll go up in the trees." He went down in the hole. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Becca. <The end. laughs> Becca was understandably furious the next day, but she swallowed her anger and drove Faye down, uh, or Mason down to the Catholic Church at the town center. I went no! to work. I don't want to go. <laughs> Apparently, and then he burst into flames when he <laughs> entered the church. Apparently, they finally got one of the priests to agree to visit next week to bless the house. They explained that this wouldn't be enough, so he said he'd speak with a bishop of his diocese. Uh, that could take a while. That evening, Becca informed me that uh, she had changed her flight and she now intended to leave in two days. I begged her to set aside her differences with Mason and try to get through to him. I said Mason needs his big sister right now but Becca wouldn't budge. She seemed to be holding a monolithic grudge about something neither of them will tell me. I ordered pizza, Mason's favorite, in a lame attempt at lightening the mood around the house, but the two would only have casual, light conversation with each other, and the tension in the house was so thick I could feel it in my stomach. 
Mason and I retired to our room early and watched Game of Thrones in bed. We watched HBO's fantastic series Game of Thrones. We always record it on uh, Sunday because Mason is at work and then we watch it during the week. I asked him if he remembered telling me that the imposter is sus uh, and wanted me dead. Or <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like or, it. I'm going to be, I don't like or, it. Or that I was going to be put up in the trees. Uh, he said he did not recall uh, saying any of that, but that he did have a dream about seeing me impaled on a tree branch high up in the air. Listen. He said my skin and hair were missing. Mason oh. fell asleep pretty quickly, but I couldn't sleep at all. I remembered that Nathan, Tiway's son, had left voice had left me a voicemail a few days prior, and I had forgotten to call him back. So I grabbed you my fucking, phone and went downstairs. Spent, like a full day trying to yeah. get a hold of Nathan, and then he calls him and he's like, nah, "I'm too busy." Nah, yeah, he's like, "You know, Nathan was like, finally, like, fine. Oh, yeah. what? Uh, listen, actually, I'm just gonna send you to voicemail, man. I'm actually at. Uh, I'm getting pizza tonight. Are you fucking? Are you serious? fucking kidding me? <laughs> The house was quiet, and uh, Becca and Caleb were already asleep upstairs. I turned the TV on low to mask my conversation with Nathan. It was midnight in Colorado, but he answered the phone and asked me how everything was going. I told him everything. Yeah, I found like a weird thing on my nuts. I don't know, I was just like showering, and I was kind of around, and I felt like a weird thing. You should go to the doctor. Yeah, but I just thought you... Oh, sorry. Oh, you didn't mean about that. You meant about the... Right, sorry, right, right. Um, yeah, about no, so, the nut thing. You should yeah. go to a doctor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nathan had a lot to say. He apologized for Stop making me. Stop calling me. It's <laughs> midnight in Colorado. I have a wife and a child. <laughs> he apologized for making me and Mason sick, but said that was a simple purging process that was very common treatment for many physical and spiritual uh, mal- maladies in his tribe. However, you basically got my father killed. You want me to apologize <laughs> for making you throw up, you bitch? However, by my description of the Barfstein events, it obviously did not work, and we will still we were still under the influence of the imposter is son. I'm gonna quit the podcast. I'm gonna quit the podcast, Jose. <laughs> he said if we came back to Colorado, he would bring us to the elders of his community and request that they perform a more serious healing ritual. I told him that he would be uh I told him that he would be that that would be Mason's call entirely, but I doubt he would go or that the imposter would let her. Last month, when I was in the cabin by myself, there was a blizzard that shut down the only road to the mountain. The ranger couldn't come up to check on me, but Tiway and Nathan, being the badass gentlemen they are, actually hiked up the mountain through the snow and checked up on me. You can read the story at the bottom of this post if you haven't, but basically on their hike back down, they heard Faye's voice calling out to them from inside one of the abandoned mines on Pike's Peak. Tiway went to investigate and was dragged into the dark by an unseen creature or animal. Nathan eventually found him dead, and parts of his skin had been flayed. The reason that I hadn't been able to get a hold of Nathan for several days was because he and a group of men from his community went back to Pike's Peak to investigate the circumstances of his father's death, and to explore the cabin. They camped for a few nights and even spent one night in the woods next to the cabin. Nathan heard Tiway's voice calling out for help over and over, crying and speaking Tiway, uh, speaking Nathan's name. However, occasionally the voice would cry out in Zuni, which is a language that some Pueblo tribes speak, but their tribe does not. They speak Hopu. So Nathan was fairly certain that this was not, in fact, his father. Um, they also heard children weeping in the forest. One of Nathan's friends left the tents to take a piss, and he claims he saw a naked child with grayish skin standing a dozen yards off, facing away looking up at the trees. 
He looked like a stiff corpse and was standing high up on the balls of his feet. This side, this, this side apparently scared Nathan's friend so bad he took off, grabbed his things, and went to hike back down the mountain in the dark and the cold by himself. Nathan and the others tried to stop him, but it was too dangerous to go after him. They haven't seen him since. What a stupid reaction. If you see something that scares you, stick with your group of people. Don't try to hike down the mountain by yourself. I think there's a monster out there in that in those woods. I better go through them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Nathan told me that he had recurring dreams of a child while on the mountain, of a child and of Mason. He said to me, tell me about the child, Jose. During our conversation, I had been standing in the living room facing the sliding glass door. Okay, well, first of all, Mason's never heard a child that I've seen. <laughs> kind of sounds like he's heard a child before. Um... I was facing the sliding glass door looking out into the backyard right when Nathan said, Tell me about the child. I saw a large shadow move behind the orange tree outside. I told Nathan to hold on a second and went to grab the flashlight from the kitchen. When I got there... Sure, I've got nothing going on tonight. <laughs> Fucking fuck Nathan, am I right? Um, when I... <laughs> when I got there, I almost collapsed in fright. The front door was wide open. From my door, you can see the tree line across the street. Someone was walking behind the trees. I could see them moving slowly between them. I set the phone down and ran upstairs to wake up Faye and Becca, but Be uh, uh, Mason and Becca, but F Mason wasn't in bed. I frantically rushed to Becca's room to see if Mason was with her, but Becca was fast asleep. I was really disturbed in my er and was really disturbed in my urgency when I woke him her up. Uh, we turned on the light and she went to grab Caleb, but he wasn't in the little crib Mason had bought for him. He was gone. May, uh, Becca turned into the Hulk in about 0.5 seconds flat. She started shrieking in rage and terror, screaming, Where is he? Where is my baby? The baby. The baby. Over and over. Um, we, dashed, the baby? <laughs> we danced around the house looking for uh, Mason and Caleb, but we couldn't find them. And then I realized that she had taken them outside. We ran up. Fucking should have realized that right away, but, it, you know. We ran Becca, out there don't worry, barefoot. he's never heard a baby that I've seen. <laughs> we, we ran out there barefoot, straight to the trees, and came up behind Mason. My Jose? fiance was standing there in her underwear, looking uh, up at the trees. Jose is... I'm... This call's costing me <laughs> money. I'm on roaming, Jose. <laughs> I'm gonna hang up I'm gonna now. hang up now. Um... Uh, my fiancé slash co-host was standing there in his underwear, looking up into the trees. His arms were outstretched, holding Caleb up in the air as if offering him to someone Take above. It. Take the child! Take it! High up on my... He's never heard a child that I know of, okay, guys? <laughs> Take it! Take it! Take the child! Take it! High up on one of the branches was the Dreamcatcher, the one I had taken down and broken only days earlier. Now it was intact. Becca grabbed Caleb out of Mason's hand and shoved him to the ground. Then took the baby back inside. I picked Mason up and rushed him back into the house. Neighbors were starting to come out of their homes to see what all the commotion was. I have nothing to worry about. He's never heard a kid that I know of. So, Honey, that one that looks like he's definitely hurt a baby is trying to hurt a baby, I think. And that one that climbed the tree, he's... Looks like he's taking the baby back with the mother of the baby. Wow. Huh. We should write a book about our experiences. I don't love you anymore. <laughs> I've been sleeping with my tennis coach. I've been sleeping with your tennis coach. <gasps> wow. That brought us together, I think. <laughs> we get a happy ending. <laughs>
Mason woke up on our way back to the sta- back up the stairs and broke down crying, apologizing to both of us. Becca packed all of her things and stormed out of the house, grabbing Mason's car keys and drove off. Uh, bitch, that is not your car. Uh, nope. The police showed up within minutes, uh, and I had to explain to them that the sisters had He's a big fight. never hurt a child that I know of. Um, that the sisters had gone, uh, had had a big fight that got taken outside. I said that Mason was drunk, so he took it a bit far and ran off across the street. Thankfully, nobody saw the baby, so I didn't get arrested for child endangerment. What else could I say? Could I have said? They never have believed me if I told them the truth. They checked Mason out to make sure he hadn't gotten beaten up and asked him repeatedly if I was treating him all right. Then they left. Becca drove straight to the airport. Uh, Mason and I had to go pick up the car the next day. Ah, uh, fuck Becca. Oh, but okay, I was have I had this thought here. Real mm-hmm. quick. Would this whole thing be solved if they just moved into like an apartment in like a downtown industrial <laughs> yeah, area? Then... It kind of seems like if he doesn't have a a forest, there's nothing he can do. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. That's what. It, that's what it. I'm that's like. The, just yeah. get. Just move. Move to fucking New York City, man. Yeah. Move to LA. They live in California. Move to LA. I don't even think I could get away. I wouldn't even have to worry about this monster because, and I live in downtown Oskaloosa. Right. Iowa. Yeah. Um, I've got a Skype chat scheduled with Faye's mom, to, Mason's mom tomorrow. Becca texted me and said, "Ask her about five. She knows." That bitch uh, knows. <laughs> if I get the answer out of her, I'll post a brief update here. But I won't make another post for a while. I'm sorry. Thank you all for the support over the past month. Now I need to try to put all the broken pieces of my home life back together. We're getting there. Gearing up, Mason. Hope you're ready. Hey, guys. Jose here. I'm just adding this last minute. Uh, looks like we're going to split this last bit into two parts. Um, to keep with the tradition of underestimating how long this creepypasta is and how much our dear friend Felix can write. So we will be back with the second half of The Mystery Unravels, my romantic Gavin getaway, uh, in two weeks for our next bonus episode. And that will conclude our uh, tackling of the series. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one and we will see you next week for a main series episode. Um, back to our Urban Legend series. So thank you everybody for listening and uh, we hope you like this one and uh, be safe. Um, watch out for uh, spooky ghouls that are stealing your fiance slash co-host's voice. Uh, don't trust them. Don't trust them at all. <laughs> <laughs>